Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is our Arsenal Agenda series. Joining you Monday to Friday at 10am UK time. Joined this morning by Umar. How you doing, mate? You good? You well? Yeah, I'm good, bro. How about yourself? You okay? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Um, just kind of counting down the days to the end of the window now. I'm just, I'm looking forward to it closing, as I usually am by this point, to be honest. Just yeah. so there's... You know, just so we know where we stand with the team, with the squads, what it's going to be like until at least January, uh, and we can kind of just move forward, and then we can also have some proper conversations about what we did and didn't do, because it just feels like there's so much uncertainty. You know the way that Arsenal works; something can happen at any moment uh, yeah. in the window. So, you know, we could be one minute being critical, saying we're not doing enough, and then an hour later we've signed someone or sold someone, and you know, it's 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 a frustration. Um, but uh, it's what we love talking about and uh, and covering, and we're going to be bringing you continual coverage of the window still until it closes and beyond as well. But uh, yeah, we'll kick off with uh, outgoings because it seems incomings is is a separate discussion because there, there's just so little to talk about regarding like tangible names and I think that in itself is, is a talking point so we'll come to that but outgoings wise Balogun continues to be the kind of the main focus I think right now uh, Chelsea as we know uh, have got a, a real interest in the player but they've not yet moved uh, they're being kind of quoted a significantly higher price it seems than other clubs outside of, of England I think that's the right approach Umar hmm. Yeah, it is. it is. Like when you um, heard that Tottenham were interested, I think last week the price uh, went up um, and that was not surprising, to be honest, because they're our um, rivals and it would be a bit silly if we were offering the same price that we have uh, to other potential suitors, uh, such as the likes of Monaco, etc. And I think the same goes with Chelsea. Um, you've seen in the past few windows that they have money to spend. Uh, they're willing to spend a lot of money and it seems that Mauricio Pochettino, as of now, he wants to strengthen uh, his attacking forward line. He thinks that they don't have enough. Romelu Lukaku's future, it seems like he's out the door. Um, I read a report yesterday that he's not even really met Pochettino Lukaku since since he's um, been in charge. So that's interesting in itself. But when you look at Chelsea's um, attacking options as of now and the fact that Balogun has continually said that he wants to play first-team football, he wants to be um, the number one striker at a, at a good club, at a big club. 
But Chelsea do have a lot of options in the attacking positions. You've got Nicholas Jackson, who I think um, he's still raw at this at this moment in time. But I like the fact that he he's decent. There's something about Nicholas Jackson. And I think that give him a bit of time to um, develop and he could come good as Chelsea's number nine. And Cuckoo, he's out. I know he's out for three months, but it's not like he's out for six, seven, eight months or the rest mm. of the season. He's another option there. Um, who else am I missing? I'm missing someone else, I think. Broja. Amanda yeah. Broja. He's come back from uh, injuries back in training. So he's another player that mm-hmm. Chelsea have Sterling. Sterling. Um, there, there are options there. Like, there are options mm-hmm. there in the uh, number nine position. And it's interesting the fact that Balogun is reportedly open to going um, to Chelsea. Um but I'm hoping that Monaco still have that um, edge in talks. I think if Arsenal do have a preference to sell to anyone, it will be abroad. It will be to a club like Monaco. But again, the price is going to be the key thing in this deal. Say, for example, if Chelsea and Todd Bowley um, are willing to spend, like, say, £60 million, pounds, it's something that Arsenal need to consider. Because at the end of the day, money talks. Money does talk. And if... Chelsea offering 60 million pounds, whereas Monaco offering 40 million pounds. You'd expect Arsenal gonna go to the Chelsea um avenue. But look, it's it's an interesting one. Um, I do think he's gonna leave uh, uh like there's like less than nine days or whatever, however many days left of the window. And I think um he is heading for an exit. But look, Chelsea will get desperate. Just imagine they lose against Luton Town this Friday night. Just imagine. I don't think they will because it's a home game and I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked if they manage to like um, lose that game. But if they drop points in that game, they will start to get desperate. I'm telling you for a fact, they will start to get desperate and they will start to be thinking, look, we need to strengthen like ASAP and we need to start bidding for players. So it's one to watch. Let's see what happens. But yeah, money does talk and we need to think about uh, our best interests as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm not too keen on him moving to Chelsea, you know. I don't think the amount of money difference between what we would get from them and, and say, our Monaco is enough that would make it worth it to see him go there. There's obviously nothing stopping him having a really good season if he was to go to Monaco and then someone else buys him, you know, in the following summer for even more. You know, that, that could happen and it could be a Chelsea. Uh, I think expectations that a buyback clause would be inserted into a deal that we would sell the player at like 40 million quid and you'd have a buyback in that is unrealistic. You know, the idea of a buyback is like usually more than double what the price of the player was. I think it was Tammy Abraham moved to Roma for like thirty-five million pounds. I think his buyback was something like eighty million pounds. Lavia was the same, wasn't it? Lavia moved for about twelve, and his buyback something like forty. You know, so it's way over double um, buyback. So expectations, we'd sell him for forty and then get a buyback at sixty. You know, it's just not realistic. It's just not going to happen. So sell-on clauses, absolutely, that's fair. You know, I think Arsenal should look to include a sell-on clause. You know, probably ten to twenty percent, as, as close to twenty percent as you can. Um, it's it's going to be uh, a very interesting end to the window. I think that Monaco represent the most likely candidate. They're continually having discussions with Arsenal to, as far as I'm aware and uh, there's kind of negotiations about structures what Arsenal would accept I think Arsenal will indeed come down on a valuation they've got toward the end of the window 
to try and move on. I think they probably should have come down a little bit earlier already and come to that agreement as soon as possible so that we could open up maybe an avenue to try and bring someone else in do in you the think forward line. But do you think that's like a good ploy from Arsenal as well? Because I agree with you. I think they, they would rather have done it a bit sooner rather than later. But they might be mm. thinking that as the window develops, as the days go past and we get towards the end of the window, teams will start to get desperate. Fulham, mm. they need a striker. Mitrovic has left. They're out for a striker. And I know I've heard in the past few days, they're not willing to pay what Arsenal want. But say, for example, mm. they get hammered this weekend against Arsenal on Saturday. It, it, it could it could change your thinking. It can change your thought yeah. process. It's a manic last few days of the window. Anything can happen. But yeah, I think from Arsenal's point of view, you'd rather have sooner they basically get Balogun out of the door. But maybe it could be an interesting one in the final few days. Maybe the tactics can pay off and they could get what they've been looking for over the past mm. like, months. Do you know that Adama Traore is at Fulham? Yeah, I saw. I saw. I genuinely completely missed that transfer. Like the social media. Did you not see the social media post? Like baby oil, Johnson's baby. That's crazy. <laughs> just a just bottle of Johnson's baby team. Yeah, I was just looking at their team, and then I just saw Adama Traore, and I was like, Random, "What?" Like, and he came on. Uh, he's got four minutes so far. This is came on against Brentford in the, at the end of the game. He wasn't in the squad for the Everton games. He hadn't signed. He only signed on the twelfth, the day they actually played Everton. So. Yeah, I completely missed that transfer. That's that went away over my head. Uh, he was going for like hundred odd million quid. I remember uh, Wolves a few years ago. So it's amazing how things changed. Gone on a free to Fulham. Um, I think it'll be intriguing. Yeah, as I say, what the price ends up being. I agree with you that Arsenal are probably waiting to see if some chaos happens at the end of the window and someone comes in with a big bid. It's there's possible there's potential for that, of course. Um, but I think you look at a couple of players that El Yawahi and Lois Appenda have moved from. Mm. You know, Liga clubs this summer, one to RB Leipzig, another to another Liga club between 30 and 40 million pounds. I think Balogun's in the bracket of those yeah, two yeah. players. I think mm. he's of a similar level. Um, I think Appender's slightly better. Um, so I think that, that that price tag, that price range is a fair representation. I know people will say, well, he's English, he's homegrown, even though he's a US men's national team international now, he yeah, still has yeah. that homegrown status here. But he's, if he doesn't move to an English team, that doesn't count. That doesn't. Mm. It's, it's not a factor. You know, homegrown status for abroad is, is nothing. So, yeah, I think that price range is is about fair. Um, and Arsenal, I think, would have done really well to get upwards of thirty-five to forty million pounds in the end for a player that they nearly lost for nothing. You know, a couple, two, three years ago. So, yeah, yeah let's see what happens. Um, Lukonga uh, is being linked with the move to to Brighton. Uh, they're obviously struggling to agree a deal with Lille for Belaba. It's nice to see Brighton struggle to agree a deal with somebody. Mm. It's a you know, taste of their own medicine mm. uh, in some ways. But what do you make of uh, a potential loan? Because I've got some thoughts on this, but I, I want to hear what you think. Yeah, surprising. It's surprising. It came out of nowhere. It, it actually came out of nowhere. And if I'm honest... I didn't really think that he'd be Roberto De Zerbi's type of player, if I'm mm. like, being completely and brutally honest. He's a different type of player to Caicedo. Um, he likes to be more on the ball, possession-based. Um, I think his defensive awareness, it needs a bit of improvement, if we're being completely honest. You saw it at Arsenal in certain games. He, he still lacks that defensive nous in terms of being in the right areas. Concentration at times, I think, does need to improve. And... I saw a lot of Brighton fans when when I think Fabrizio tweeted it yesterday. They weren't happy. They weren't happy. And it's the complete opposite with Arsenal fans who are buzzing because, look, Sambi Lokonga's future is still in the, up in the air. 
I don't think he's going to make it at Arsenal, but this move will tell us a lot. Say, for example, if he goes to a good club in terms of Brighton under a good manager and he has a good season, a good spell at Brighton, it's going to do us the world of good. I'm not sure how long he has left on his contract at Arsenal. Probably a couple of years, three years. Probably he's done in 21 on a five-year, was it? So I assume he has three years left three on years. his deal. Yeah, three years. So say, for example, he does good. Um, he puts in great performances under the Zerbi and he's been week in, week out uh, under a good manager for a good team. It's going to do us good because then we're in a good position to send him for good money. And if he doesn't do well, like... He's not done well and he leaves. He leaves. And it's just, it's an interesting one because I just didn't expect it. I didn't expect that Brighton would be going for a player like Sambi Lokonga because it's just, it flips what type of player they continue looking for in that defensive position. But maybe the Zerbi sees something in him that not many others do. Like, for example, I thought that he'd be going to Burnley and he'd be working under Vincent Company. So the fact that more teams are now interested in Sambi Lokonga, I think it's a positive for Arsenal, as I've just touched on. Like, if he's got three years left on his contract, he, he makes a success of himself at Brighton. Brighton, again, we know that they're a good club in terms of developing players. And I think it's the right football club as well for him. It, when you talk about their footballing style, their playing style, uh, he will have an opportunity to play games week in, week out. I think the midfield uh, against Wolves on the weekend was Pascal Gross and Billy Gilmore. So, like, a pivot in midfield, and you'd be hoping that Sambi Lokonga could get opportunities in, in that midfield uh, uh, pair. So, it's an interesting one. Uh, what, what's your take on it? Because you it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Said you had a few thoughts. Uh, yeah, I did a little bit of digging around this yesterday. I'm going to write a piece on more of the detailed information of it a bit later um, today. But in short, kind of, it's uh, the feeling I get is that that Brighton will indeed sign Belaba. Um, that that mm. deal is expected still with the issues that's going on. That they, they they will find a breakthrough and they will find an agreement. You know, Brighton are not short of money. You know, so that they should come to an agreement with Beleba and, and get that deal done. They want to get him for the right price. Obviously, they don't like overpaying for players because it allows them to, to make significant profit on players whenever they move on, move those players on. But for Brighton, things are shifting. You know, they're not, they don't want to be a team necessarily that loses the Caicedos and the McAllisters of this world. You know, they want to be a team that has players and keeps them. And, you know, Mitama is going to be very hard to shift next summer, I think, when teams will start to come in for him. I think that they will ask for 
you know, arguably more than Caicedo went for yeah, from Atoma. It's true. It's true. You don't want to keep sending your best players every no, summer. If you want to progress as a club and yeah. they want to get to a Champions League level, which sounds mad when you think about it, but actually they're already in the Europa League this season. Mm. They're going to be one of the better teams in that competition for me. They're a very good side. And I think that they should be looking at that Europa League as a route and a pathway hmm. to Champions League football, you know, because I think the opportunity for them to win the Europa League is more like them getting top four. Yeah. I say that, they could still get top four. You saw hmm. Newcastle do it last season. Why can't Brighton? I think Brighton have got a very good side, very good manager, you know. So, but when it comes to Lukonga, if they signed him on loan, I don't see it happening any other way than if they get an option or an obligation to buy included in that deal. You think? And mm. Yeah, because I think they look at what happened with the Colwell situation oh, yeah. and Good they point. got him on loan for a season. Good they point. wanted him after and Chelsea had no interest in letting him go because he did so well. Why would Brighton allow that to happen again if they got mm. Conga, played him week in, week out, developed him for Arsenal yeah. and then had no control over yeah. you know that, that loan deal? So I think that if, if they want to sign Lukonga on loan, they'll ensure there's an option. Arsenal will want it to be an obligation because an option gives Arsenal no control yeah, at all. Yeah. He could do badly, they just send him back. He could do well, they mm. undersell him. You know, whether an obligation goes in there that's a significant amount of money that yeah, Arsenal yeah. would be happy to let him go for. You know, I'd be looking at least £25 million if it was an obligation to buy. You know, I know people will say that's way over valuation, but Arsenal have to protect themselves from him going there and being really good. You know, because if he was to have a really good season for Brighton in the Premier League and play regularly, I don't think £25 million with a player with three years left on his contract yeah. now, two next season, is you know, unrealistic if he was ever a really good year in the Premier League. So, especially because he costs around £17 million anyway when we bought mm. him. I So I think that there is scope for Arsenal to look at that and think, it, yes, send him on loan. If it's a dry loan, great, do that. You know, so I think going to Brighton for the season would be a good idea for him um, if, if he will get minutes and he needs to be assured of that. And Arsenal have been burned in the past by like Leeds with Nketiah not giving the player enough minutes. So you've got to be able to do that and probably with a recall clause in January if he's not getting the game time. It's difficult, though. Um, I, If I was to put any money on it, I think he'll go to France between now and the end of the summer. Um, I just think that's the most likely um, destination at the moment uh, for, for Lukonga. Um, regarding the last topic for today, which is, of course, incomings, I think that they're all entirely tied to outgoings. I don't think you'll see us bring someone in until Balogun's gone, until Lukonga, Pepe, Cedric, you know, um, Tavares until these players are sorted with their departures I don't think we'll bring anyone in are you concerned that we may not bring anyone in um, it's, it's a difficult question it is a difficult question I think we will I think there's one more that will come in um, and I think that was always dependent on uh, Timber's injury and I think the fact that he's out for the foreseeable, he's out for a long time. I think Arsenal and Arteta, they realise that they need to replace him. Because, look, Zinchenko, top player, fantastic player. Um, I hope he starts against Fulham this Saturday. But the key thing with Zinchenko has always been availability. And I think that's why Mikel Arteta bought Timber in the summer, because he wanted to basically allow Zinchenko to not push himself too much and at least have that option of... Um, that versatility, chopping and changing, rotation being unpredictable. And I think that's why he brought Timber to strengthen the back line and offer 
a bit of help to Zinchenko because he was playing a lot of games. And when he wasn't playing, you saw Arsenal in certain games, they missed him a lot. So I think I tell in the past few press conferences since Timber's injury, he's openly said that Arsenal are looking for um, two players in each position because they want to get to a stage where they have a good squad, they have options, they have unpredictability. And I like the fact that against Crystal Palace, he gave the likes of um, Kibriol minutes, Jorginho minutes, Gabriel minutes. And I know that was dependent on the red card, but we spoke last season it was that Miklata needs to be more ruthless in terms of giving players on the bench opportunities to come on. Not necessarily giving them five minutes towards the end, but give them around 20, 25 minutes to make a difference, make an impact. And I think that's going to be the key thing for Arteta this season. How he uh, brings in the players off the bench, how he can allow these the likes of Smith-Rowe, Kibio, etc., Jorginho, to impact games off the bench because they're going to be needed. It's, it's a squad game. It's not a first 11 game. If you have a group of players which are 23, if you have a squad of players which are 23, um, you need players that can come in and make a difference. And we have that squad. So I think there's going to be one more. Um, and I think the priority has to be a defender. I looked at Tomiyasu against Crystal Palace. And don't get me wrong, I like Tomiyasu. I think he, he's a solid enough option. But say next summer, I think we can potentially move past Tomiyasu. And it's crazy to sit here. But I always seem see Tomiyasu as someone which, again, I spoke to you like last week, someone that is in the mold of Rob Holding currently. Like he's that utility option. If there's an injury, Tomiyasu comes in. If, if you need someone to play cup games, Tomiyasu comes in. If you need to close out games, Tomiyasu comes in. But Tomiyasu, for this Arsenal team, he shouldn't be a starter. He should not be a starter. Arsenal's left-hand side against Crystal Palace was non-existent non-existent right hand side was decent but left hand side was non-existent there was one point in the game Declan Rice was screaming at Tomiyasu to overlap to overlap and yeah. like I know Tomiyasu it's not something which is easy for him like but when you have Thomas Party on the right hand side which mm -hmm. again is not his his biggest strength is not to be running up and down the pitch and you have Tomiyasu again he's not the best in possession you're a bit weaker in terms of the fullback positions. So I think Arsenal need to bring in someone to be better than Tomiyasu because I just yeah. don't think he could be he he shouldn't be playing. Well, coming games. back, isn't he? So you know. I don't trust his I don't trust his fitness level. Right. That's that's so you still thing. think we need a left back? Now I do. It's interesting. Really? Someone who's versatile. What about Kibio? Someone who's versatile. Yeah, Kibio is an interesting one. Because towards the latter stages of last season, he was playing a lot. He was playing a lot. And Mikel Arteta was trialling him in that left-sided position. But again, I need to see a bit more of him in the bigger games mm -hmm. um, to see whether he is that right option. But there's options out there, TC, like interesting options as well. Like It wouldn't surprise me if Arsenal go in for someone like Klosterman. Of our, like it, it would not surprise me. Of a right-sided player, though, isn't right, he? Really? Yeah, like, right-sided player, but someone who's like, it just wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. Kyle Walker Peters, another one to watch potentially. Yeah, he can play both sides. Yeah, again, who's versatile. But I don't know what Mikel Arteta will think. I personally think it should be someone that can play both positions, right-sided right. and left-sided. Someone who's versatile. But who's out there? Which is Benjamin Hendricks has played Henry. both sides. Yeah, he could be a shout. 
But just, yeah, I wasn't really impressed in terms of Tomiyasu going forward. You know what he's capable of defensively. He's good one-on-one. You could potentially use him for the bigger games. When you play against the likes of Manchester City, Liverpool, you saw last season, he was up against Salah. He, he, he done a great job against Manchester City. It didn't work at home. But going forwards, I just don't think he's very good in possession. And I think for a team like Arsenal, who wants to dominate games, who wants controlling games, you need a better option than Tomiyasu. And I've always been in that um, mindset that Tomiyasu should be replacing Rob Holding. Rob Holding should be out of the door. And Tomiyasu should be just basically brought in when is there's a necessity to bring him in, closing out games or cup games, or if there's an injury. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, I don't know. I, I absolutely see where you're coming from regarding Tommy Asu. I think Tommy Asu is a really good player to have in the squad. And I think... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When he's fit, he offers us a lot. You know, we saw him against Liverpool last season, boss that left-hand side, you know. It was never going to be perfect. They were always going to get chances, but he was really important in that game. And I think that in those types of fixtures, when we're coming up against bigger teams, Tommy Asu is a good player to have playing in a full-back area to give you a little bit more defensive security, coming off the bench at the end of games to give you a little bit more mm. security as well, gives you depth at, at centre-half, not only in the full-back areas. So I think he's really important. But I think you're right to point out that I can't trust his reliability and availability same way that it's difficult to trust Zinchenko's availability. Mm. But I, I, I feel as though that the need in the squad is greater at right-sided centre-back and right-back yeah. to yeah. replace Timber. Also, Tierney's not gone yet. And yeah. Tierney might not go yet. Like we, I'd find it strange. I, I see the reasoning, and I've talked about the reasoning why I think a dry loan's not the worst idea in the world, but I was doing that mm. before Timber got injured. Mm-hmm. You know, so with Timber injured and no one signed, I'm inclined to not sell, well, at least not loan uh, Tierney. Now, I was more open to a loan deal before the Timber injury, but now Timber's out for probably the season, you have to assume. I, I don't really see a, a loan for Tierney being a good decision. Um, who, would be a good, who, who would be a good like option for you then? Well, right side is centre-back, right back. Simakan. Simakan, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Simakan. He's my number one pick for that for that role. Um, you wouldn't lose a lot in terms of his similar profile to Timber as well. He's a player that you invest in who I think is capable of it's starting true. and competing. Yeah, it's you true. Know? And it's not just a player that you sign to it's be future, a isn't it? Yeah, yeah it, it's a signing you do even if we'd have not bought Timber as an alternative to Timber, mm. you know. And 
I think that Tommy Asu could move on one day, you know, and he's seen as yes a left back, but more so a right that's back. Why, that's why I agree. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I think bringing a player that you would start anyway and that would play and compete with White and with Saliba, and you know, replace his holding as well. You know, so I think uh, Matt G asked how much it would cost. I think it's about thirty-five million pounds that they'd be looking for. So that's a bargain, um, to be fair. I feel like that's not a lot for a player of that level of quality in this market. You know, so. Um, and he plays, he's playing majority of his games at the moment at right side of centre back. But do remember that Timber played every single game for P, uh, for Ajax last season yeah. at right centre back. So, yeah. you know, it's not always a telling scenario. And he has played plenty at right back as well. So, yeah, I think there's scope for a sign. But before anyone gets excited about silence, we've got to move players on. If we don't, say if we aren't able to move on Pepe, if we aren't oh, able to move on Lokonga. If we aren't able to move on uh, so many Tavares, you know, is Edu deserving of criticism for that? Or is it that, it, it, like, how do you sell a player that no one comes in for? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think with Pepe, I could allow him a bit of leeway because I think that's a difficult um, deal because it, it seems right now there's not many potential suitors. And he's asking for, for some exactly. money. It's ridiculous as well, money yeah. as well. So I can give him a bit of leeway in terms of that. But Nuno Tavares, there's been clubs um, interested in him uh, over the past few weeks. Nottingham Forest, um, I think Aston Villa as well, were linked with him. I think he will go towards the final few days. I think mm. he's, he's, he's a good asset to have in terms of um, position that teams in and around Europe would love to have. Um, profile, he can play as a wing-back, he can play as a full-back. So I think we, we should be able to get um, some money for him. Tierney, again, it's an interesting one because the talk has been that Arsenal, if they do want to allow Tierney, if they do want to allow Tierney sorry, to go, they want um, an obligation in that yeah. deal. They don't want to allow him to depart on loan. And again, potentially Arsenal are probably right in terms of that. But it, I always found it interesting that right now there's only been one club interested properly in Tierney. And that's Real Sociedad. Like, Newcastle are not going to go in for him now. The fact that they signed Lewis Hall, I think that deal's dead in the water. Aston Villa, maybe Lucas Inye. It seems that he might be leaving the club. I think there's been interest from Saudi Arabia, I think it was. So that's one to watch. But apart from that, there's not many clubs for Kieran Tierney. And again, he could be staying. He could be staying if Arsenal are still persistent in terms of we don't want to allow him to leave on loan. So he could be staying. Lokonga, again, it's gone quiet. There's been talk of Brighton over the past 24 hours, but it seemed that he was certain at one point to go to Burnley. But that seems to be dead in the water. But then there would be questions asked in terms of Edu because like, it's all good and well signing players. And I think he's done a fantastic job. Like yeah. The fact that he's brought in Declan Rice, I think he's going to transform Arsenal's uh, midfield for the next uh, five, six years. Um, Timber, great signing, unfortunate with his injury. Kai Havertz, um, good deal uh, to bring in. David Raya, again, uh, great, great signing. But it's not always about incomings. You know, you have to be, meet in the middle. You always, you also have to get the players which are not part of your squad and you have to get them out of the door. And if, say, for example, we're in a situation where Pepe's still here, Lokonga's still here, Tavares is still here, questions are going to be rightly asked of Edu. And did you see people speaking about the fact that keep Pepe? He should be Bukayo Saka's um, rotation option. What's your take on that? No, and yeah, yeah. 
I've seen enough. You know, yeah, I've I've yeah, seen yeah. I've seen plenty of Nicolas Pepe to know that I'd rather have Reese Nelson on the field. Um, yeah, 100%. than the Nicola Pepe. You know, if if I if if Saka needs to come off, and I want to rely on someone coming on, it's it's Nelson because sh- he showed that in the game against Nottingham Forest at home yeah. last season. Saka came off injured. Nelson came on, scored twice. You know, in that game. So he's shown to me, Nelson, that you know he can be relied upon at times. The Bournemouth goal is obviously uh, a reference point as well, but. Yeah, it's, that's that's done. Like it was a mistake of our previous regime. Yeah. That deal. I think there's ironically a lot of links to the Balogun situation in that. As um, I saw Robin Berner talk about this, so he said about um, Pepe scored something like nine penalties in that season at Lille that that earned him that move, and Balogun scored something like seven penalties last season at uh, at Rons. So um, I think that for that reason, you know, I, I have no interest in. In Pepe coming back, if he does, I'll back him and support him and hope yeah, he succeeds. No, cool. yeah. But I just don't, I just don't think that's wise. I just don't think it's a wise thing to do. He is back at the club. He posted yeah, on. Uh, that's what was interesting. On no, I'd, I'd love him to come off the bench and score twice against Fulham. It'd be hilarious, you know. It'd be brilliant, and I, you know, I'd love that to happen and score against Man United even again because he's already scored against Man mm-hmm. United before, of course. So that'd be brilliant. But um, yeah, I just don't. I always did wonder, like. What would Pepe do in this iteration of Arsenal, like with Rice this and Erdogan yeah. playing like he would? But yeah, I, but I, I feel like we have seen him given so many. I remember he came I on think the off game the against ball, Villa. Off the ball, he's not the best. Yeah, do you remember that game against Villa where he came mm-hmm. off the bench? Um, we were one 0 up at Villa Park, playing the yellow shirt. Saka had scored, and we put on Pepe, mm-hmm. and he was dreadful. Mm-hmm. Like on the right hand sides, we were just getting absolutely beat, and he gave away a free kick in the last yeah, second. Yeah. Leno collected it, and we were like, "Thank God!" So <laughs> he was really poor. I um, so I just, I yeah, I don't see the, I don't see the benefit. Agreed. Agreed. Lovely stuff. That brings an end to that and today's show as well. Thank you to everyone that's been tuning in and watching. Leave your comments on anything that we've talked about. Your thoughts down below in the comments section. Um, and uh, I'm sure we'll give them a read through. And uh, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow morning. Uh, it's my last show for a few days because I'm going away for the weekend, anniversary and all. So uh, I'll be tuning into the Football.London live blog for uh, for updates of the Fulham game, I'm sure. Uh, Umar, thank you, mate, for your time as always. Much appreciated, bro. And I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, mate. See you on. Uh, have a good one, people. Drop a like, subscribe, all that lovely stuff. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way.